0: your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time, or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's so special about Hero Bread? Soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas. These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer
1: calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high on fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. We want a dynamite from the most resting site. AW, lighting up the fuse.
2: Sit back and enjoy the bubble. As we hear from John and Way Tate. Where we're going, we don't need roads. And if the bubble stops here, this thing might blow. Everything you hear are opinions of the show. And if you don't like it, go to the Forbes and let know. And we are
1: live with Rewind to Dynamite. John Pollock here alongside Mr. Waiting as we are coming out of blood and guts. Lots of them.
0: Lots of blood. I mean, not so many guts, but um, still, you know, I'm sure you could use your imagination.
1: Potential injury to Santana during this match
0: oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah
1: it looked and i and i totally missed it watching it but saw after the fact where he delivered this this urinagi to i believe it was daniel garcia and it looks it looked like his knee gave out and in coming down almost like posted with his arm on top of it it's uh it was it was hard to read where the exact injury was well that might have been the spot but um because yeah, he kind of just disappeared after afterward and wasn't there on top of the cage with everyone afterwards. Hopefully, not something serious, but uh, that was being noted. But uh, there was so much going on during this match; it was uh, trying to keep track of everything was a was a task.
0: Yeah, and I don't know how much these guys were worried about that injury bug that's been going around Dude, Like a match like this.
1: It's at. Um, I mean, when, when you're when you're watching and. There's the injuries we are aware of at AEW. God knows that there's probably others um, that exist. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: then you're watching this, and there's Sammy Guevara being thrown off a cage, and it's just, um,
0: man, I I don't know.
1: Well, it's like, are the expectations too high at this point when we're starting to just – it's one after another. We might have another potential injury coming out of this match. I mean, not Mm -hmm. to say it was – the the most uh, risk uh the most risky uh, maneuver but regardless
0: they've been wrestling like this you know for decades now
1: like and this uh i don't know like this for decades
0: i mean they go pretty hard on dynamite you know throw at least dynamite's existence and and really just this style you know that that's been taking place um, over the indies just everywhere else you know so um this just happens to be a really big string of Unfortunate incident, and a lot of it not necessarily from matches like this.
1: Well, we're going to get into all of our blood and guts, but off the top, we wanted to go over uh, some of our plans for the summer for Post Wrestling Cafe members. Uh, Friday is a brand new month, and it's going to be a very busy summer on the Post Wrestling Cafe, and that will coincide with our G One coverage. So we're going to get into that, but uh, this Friday. Our first show of the month will be Rewind to SmackDown, where Way and I will be back to chat. SmackDown, Rampage, that's going to feature the Rampage Rumble, another mm-hmm. AEW specialty, the Battle Royal, always a favorite. And uh, we'll also be previewing Money in the Bank. So that's coming up on Friday. You've also got MCU later coming up this week, and uh, we'll be continuing into the month of July. How how long does Miss Marvel go for?
0: I think six episodes, like most of them. So um, we're halfway there. So once we
1: start the G1 we're going to continue the post daily news show up until July 15th, which is the Friday. And the next day is when the G one begins. So we're going to be putting the daily news show on pause, uh, for a number of reasons, both being the G one and as well, uh, way has, uh, a lot coming up this, this summer. So, uh, we are going to be, uh, balancing the, the schedule a bit. So, uh, the daily news show, we are, we are still envisioning what it's going to look like, uh, In the fall, but for the summer, it's mainly going to be the G1 shows that we are going to be focusing on and then keeping our regular schedule of Rewind to Raw, Dynamite, and then SmackDown on Friday nights, pay-per-view coverage, all of that.
0: Yeah, correct. Yeah, Uh, I'll be going on paternity leave, basically, so uh, starting in August. So I have no idea what my availability is going to be like after that. Um so, I think we're going to reassess a bit later on. I mean, we love doing the post daily news updates every day at one o'clock. We love the crew that that's that's here but um we're choosing to prioritize our g one coverage, which is something that we've been doing every single year and uh having to honestly reassess whether or not we can even fit the daily news into our schedules after that so we'll do this run of you know maybe two more weeks and then we'll we'll just kind of reassess and go from there
1: it It's going to be figuring out both of our our schedules of what is manageable, I think, as many people can imagine, like it's its a pretty daunting amount that we have assigned ourselves to at, at this point. So this is going to give us a natural break to kind of reassess everything. And when Way does come back, then figuring out uh, what works for way, what works for me and what works for you to the viewer and listener. So um, that is going to be um Figured out over the, the coming months, but we will be doing the new show through July 15th and then the G1 shows begin July 16th. Uh, Way and I will be attached to all of the shows in, in different, uh, pairings and incarnations. Uh, but that will run through August 18th. We'll have several guests joining us throughout the month and coverage. Of the G1 as we dive yeah, into. Are there another. any news
0: or notes, I'm sure maybe we'll get into some of that stuff as well on these shows.
1: Yes, yes. We will be looking at uh, other stuff that, um, you know, if there is something major like newsworthy, of course, we'll, we mm. will be covering those on the other shows or even doing uh, a breaking news show if it warrants it. So all of that for the summer. You will have no shortage of content if you are a post-wrestling cafe member. And we will be back with uh, one more Rewind Away on July the 12th, where we will be doing Judgment Day. 2000. So you can look forward to that as we go back 22 years to another match that took up an hour of television time and, with The Rock and Triple H.
0: And just released on Tuesday, our latest edition of Rewind Away, going back to 2012 and Destination X, where Austin Aries introduces and uses option C to trade in his X Division Belt for a shot at the World Heavyweight Championship and uh, also featuring Joe versus Kurt Angle and also Christopher Daniels versus AJ Styles in a last man standing match in the midst of the Claire Lynch storyline. So that yes. was a lot of fun.
1: Plus, um, rising stars, Mason Andrews, um, Sanjay Dutt, Lars Only. Um, oh, yes. who were uh, Who are some of the others we had? Dakota Darso.
0: Uh, tough to remember right now. That yes. opens match. Yeah.
1: Yes, many uh, to check out on uh, Destination X. Uh, You join the Post Wrestling Cafe. You also get access to all of our archives going all the way back, including 113 editions of Rewind Away and so much more. And it Mm -hmm. helps support post wrestling uh, first and foremost. So uh, we appreciate those that jump on board the Post Wrestling Cafe. And the new month begins Friday,
0: Canada Day, no less. What what better way to celebrate Canada Day?
1: Yes, with us on Friday night. Mm -hmm. All right. On that note, we will be jumping into blood and guts from the Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, Michigan. Man, could you even hear this crowd? I mean, what was up with them? They were all like sitting on their hands for two hours. I mean, at least be a little excited that you're at a wrestling event. I mean, man, (laughs) I had to turn the volume of them. Like We're 13,000, bunch (laughs) of empty seats here. Was that the number? Uh, they said 13,000. Uh WrestleTix had put out their last number they put out tonight was just over 11,000, uh, but they did open the broadcast saying 13. So, um I <laughs> uh, maybe all in, they might have had 13. Um I'm sure we'll get the breakdown this week of like
0: paid and comps, but goddamn was this crowd loud. They, they did not it, let up for 2 hours. They sent it every bit of the 13,000. Yeah, this was um I feel like we say it every single week, but this was absolutely one of the hotter crowds I feel like I've I've heard this year,
1: I mean, this uh, was one of the biggest crowds in Dynamite's history. Not the mm-hmm. biggest, but close to it. I mean, this was yeah. a pretty sizable audience for them, and first time in Detroit.
0: And I imagine a lot of Canadians in attendance, including our own Braden Harrington and Davey Portman. So, follow their adventures on their social media.
1: I'm curious if people from from Toronto. Like, if, if a high percentage went down, like it is the middle of the week. It's not, it's not the shortest trek down to Detroit. It's, uh, you know, it's still a mm-hmm. four plus hour drive. And that's, that's why I always look at like Wednesday. It is, a, it is a tough night to get people traveling, but, um, maybe Braden and Davey were indicative of a, like, this is the closest. If you're a fan in Toronto, this is the closest that AEW has come so far.
0: And it's not just a random addition of dynamite. You know, it, a it's big not, one. It, it is a big one. It's a blood and guts. It's a pay-per-view level feeling uh, of a dynamite. So I, I think it, it probably would be one that a lot of people took time to make the trip. Yes, it's uh, it was that show where you're like, you know what? If I'm going to get
1: glass and skewers, then let's let's get in the let's get in the truck and get down to Detroit. Mm-hmm. It opened with Orange Cassidy and Ethan Page and Orange Cassidy. Pixies are gone. They're out. Jefferson Starships. Jane
0: is now the new theme for Orange Cassidy. Yeah, so this is what he used in the Indies? Uh, that the idea? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. So Fightful reported this uh, a bit earlier. Tony Khan was not so happy that some somebody leaked this information. Uh, we didn't get it on Sunday, but they finalized the deal. And Did he say that? He was oh. upset this got out? He was not upset at the fact that it was reported. He was more, I think, upset that somebody within whatever inner circle that would have been aware of this, had this information out somehow. I so mean, yeah, that's who cares. Um
1: well, people went nuts for him. He came out, big big reaction here, and mm-hmm. he's out with Trent and Chuck in the tie-dye tracksuits.
0: Tie-dye tracksuits, sure. Why not? Everybody's investing in kooky gear these days.
1: Dan Lambert cut a promo while he was carrying a uh a container of orange juice. And he's surprised that Orange Cassidy is strong enough to pull up those skinny jeans. And he's facing a real heavyweight in Ethan Page and points out that unless Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta can show their manager's licenses, they need to get out of here. And he's just being berated by chance of shut the fuck up. And then bullshit as Trent and Taylor are sent to the back in their tie-dye tracksuits. And it was deafening here as they were getting all over Dan Lambert. And this match... Orange Cassidy worked this match as Orange Cassidy, and the idea was Ethan Page was Andre the Giant, and this was going to be uh, Hulk Hogan trying to slam this man. He worked this like he was facing a four hundred pound man that he had to uh, that he had to outsmart and beat in different ways, and then build up to the most simple thing in the world—a body slam that got a pop. Then louder than just about 90% of the stuff on this show. It was it was an incredible structured match. So he's trying for the body slam early, but he can't lift heavy Ethan Page. And so he hits a Tope Suicida. Page puts Orange Cassidy's hands into the pockets and just nails him, hits him in the gut, and works out over him during the break. Cassidy blocks to Ego's Edge by putting his hands in the pockets to block it, and then hits a Stun Dog Millionaire moments later can't do the body slam on the second try and then hits a tornado DDT. Lambert gets on the apron and Cassidy is tapping at him, drinks from the orange juice. And then ducks page hits the orange punch, spits the orange juice in his mouth into Lambert's face, orange punch to Ethan. And he hits the body slam. This crowd goes insane. This was WrestleMania three for this Detroit audience. And they erupt. Cassidy pins him in 11 minutes and one second. And then Taylor and Beretta return to the ring. But, man, this was just a
0: fun match, all built around a scoop slam, pretty much. Pretty novel idea, you know, in a way that I think, um, I don't know, showcases the creativity of both of these two. I thought Ethan Page was a really good opponent for Orange Cassidy. He knows exactly, obviously, what to do as a as a veteran but i think he also has an incredible grasp of comedy as well which worked really well with him in this heel role so good little showcase for orange cassidy you know um put put some focus on him to capitalize off of the buzz after that osprey match and uh maybe maybe they're looking for him to be a a title challenger at this point
1: yeah very very much we'll get into this battle royal that's coming up on friday
0: but he he is in that right Yes, he is. I don't know. I didn't look at the graphic close enough, but I've got I've got the list. Here. It? Yes, yes, okay. uh, we'll, we'll get that later. He is in it. So per-
1: perhaps this was your idea earlier today. Maybe it happens. Shivani brings out Christian Cage accompanied by his black turtleneck, and he was asked by upper management to apologize for the comment he made about Jungle Boy's father last week. And he says, I apologize that your entire family isn't dead so that they didn't have to witness me ending you two weeks ago. But then he retracts that, stating, everyone except for your mom, I wish was dead. And he's getting on the crowd saying, classy as always, Detroit, calling this a scumbag city. And the only thing that Detroit has going for it is being close to Canada. And he requested a match tonight, but never said that it was for him. And instead, he introduces, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Luchasaurus. It's exactly how it felt. Isn't it? Yeah.
0: I mean, Luchasaurus suddenly transformed into 1998
1: Kane. Like uh, even the way the theme went, the flames, yeah.
0: it had such a Kane vibe to it. Totally. And, and the reason why he is even helping out um, uh, uh, Christian Cage here. I mean, last week we got some sort of mention of Marco Stunt. I have to imagine this is some form of blackmail that, you know, Chris, something, something Chris. He, I mean, Luchasaurus must have eaten Marco Stunt or burned him alive.
1: Um, he, he could have, yeah. Like, uh, like, uh, like Kane's parents, maybe. Yeah. It's the same mystery of what happened to Marco Stunt. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he comes out, you know, if, if they could get the real Kane, I mean, this guy would be the ultimate heel right now in most states, not all of them, but I do not want to see that man selective on the show. Well, yes. Um, very, very questionable figure. So Luchasaurus comes in and he is facing Serpentico. That's that's his opposition tonight, and he just murders this dude. uh, Wheelbarrow suplex, slam off the shoulders, and then he applies his version of the snare trap, which includes a nerve hold to submit Serpentico in 52 seconds. And then at the request of Cage, he chokeslams Serpentico onto the floor. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. I love the fact that, you know, these two are getting sort of singles focused now. The the Tay team obviously has been fantastic, but, I mean, they've kind of reached their ceiling. And at this point, I I see a lot more potential than the two of them being singles stars on this level before they might eventually pair back again. I'm kind of curious about this mystery, you know, why Lusasaurus has suddenly gone heel. And uh I think Christian will do some good work with them. I don't know if... um. I don't know if I'm really that into it, though, like this with this first outing. Um, th- there's something that I think is kind of missing from like uh, Luchasaurus, where I just don't necessarily sense like the I don't. It's not that scary <laughs> to see like like a guy who's so kind of steeped into what is essentially a bit of a comedy gimmick, you know, doing this like dinosaur thing while also being a heel. So I think they're going to have to find an interesting way to make him a bit more serious you know
1: yeah there's that i mean it's certainly like trying to present this guy as a literal monster um which sometimes can be a stretch um but this luchasaurus character is a stretch by its by its very nature um yeah and if it's very
0: tongue-in-cheek i mean it's like another orange cassidy isn't it you know yes very Uh, long tongue-in-cheek yes so um hmm.
1: yeah but it it very much feels like they're going like for the same kind of dynamic that christian had with with tomco like his uh his problem solver
0: hmm Yeah.
1: Shivani is in the back with Wardlow and Scorpio Sky, and Sky brings up how he beat him at St. Patrick's Day Slam back in March, and they have agreed to no physicality here in the back. Maybe they should just have a sign that just stays there in every backstage segment, no physicality, instead of us having to reiterate this, that, that they came to an agreement earlier today not to beat the shit out of each other backstage. So Sky says, I'm not a security guard that you're going to toss around. Wardlow is done talking. You can bring everyone from American Top Team. I'm going to take your title. So Sky issues a challenge for a street fight next week. Now, I have two thoughts on this. Number one, for Scorpio Sky, the champion, to issue a challenge to defend his title in a street fight, I think the only way this can make sense is if literally all of American Top Team is showing up next week, and Mm -hmm. it's a plot to beat Wardlow. Yeah, definitely. Because otherwise, it just made Scorpio Sky, like, why, why would you invite this? Um, and, and maybe they are going to do some big angle with American top team. I, I have kind of given up on Jorge Masvidal having any, like, they did that huge angle and it just went nowhere with Jericho. Mm. And maybe the UFC involvement uh, precludes that from happening. But, yeah, th- this has to be, to me, some setup for, um, for Wardlow to be just overrun by Sky's backup.
0: I mean, at this point, we kind of know the formula for Wardlow and we know what the crowd responds to with him, right? It's to see him take on multiple, you know, security guards or just like a bunch of people at once. It's the visual of seeing him being this kind of like, you know, held down, uh, oppressed, you know, um uh, person who just wants a fair one-on-one beatdown of, of his opponent. So I definitely think that if you're not going to get ATT, maybe you'll get, you know, just a bunch of, random wrestlers in mma clothes or something like that maybe wearing affliction you know a bunch of uh, mma fans uh attacking Wardlow. low where are they next week let's uh
1: let's take a look here they are in oh they're in uh they're in rochester next week so maybe it's going to be uh, a bit of a far trek the uh the northeast Creek. uh indie scene will be uh mma fighters by next week we'll see maybe all right Next was uh, Max Caster and the gun club coming out. And Max Caster cut a rap, taking a shot at the Juggalos. Oh, Asked, yeah, Detroit. You know, yeah, that, so cool. was, that was wise. How are you going to cheer a white guy doing white face? Referring to Dan Housen. And said that he will make them drink all the tap water in Flint, which was just I'm like what, a, what, an, what an atrocious person.
0: Oh man, yeah, I know. I, I just I, mean, I just
1: watched uh, that John Oliver segment on on Sunday, and it was like thirty minutes on like the the water supply from the from like the Colorado River. So I I just watched this the night before. So man, that's like w- water is not something that
0: we need to be. uh Water's off making. limits, uh, dude. It's a sensitive subject. Yeah, it is. It is. But so, he's not a sensitive character. Not at all. No.
1: Dan Housen comes out, dude, it was deafening for this guy. He is Mm -hmm. out and he says he found some people that are pretty good at wrestling and out came the Steiner brothers. It was FTR walking out as the partners for Dan Housen. And they've got their three sets of tag team championships after Sunday's win and they start, they take over with the advantage on Danhausen until they go to break, and there's a hot tag to Dax, and Dax does the rolling Germans. Uh, both Cash and Dax do rolling Germans to the gun club. Cash ends with a Pescado to Colton, and then Dax continues with the rolling Germans on Austin, hitting six in total, and then we had this, th- this spot that it just looked like this kind of fell apart, so Austin goes to take a hip toss from Dax, but he loses his footing on the landing. So then Austin goes for his own hip toss. And this totally gets messed up where they can't complete the hip toss. And it looks like they just crack heads. And Dax looks pissed. And they're just laying down together, almost like regaining their their bearings. And Taz is just saying, well, Dax tried to block the hip toss and Dax eventually just gets up and goes to tag Danhausen who comes in calls for the GTS on Austin when Bowen's rises from his wheelchair so we got WrestleMania 3 in the opener we got WrestleMania 17 here with Linda McMahon rising from the wheelchair and uses the crutch and misses Danhausen and hits Austin gun allowing Danhausen to pin Austin in 9 minutes and 37 seconds
0: mhm yeah crowd was again electric for this one you know just the combination of dan house and a fan favorite with ftr as a surprise even bigger fan favorites um it it really provided a really crazy atmosphere um i thought the match itself was just kind of you know maybe a little bit disappointing considering like ftr's presence in it i thought it was maybe missing some hot sequences in the finish and the hip you know, toss
1: stuff to me like really just it was like came to a screeching halt at this point like it just felt like it, it, it totally fell off the mm-hmm. the page with 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 one another before it but yeah this was one that really just relied on on the crowd being so hot as they were i i wouldn't say this was uh th- this is probably not one that uh ftr was uh cheersing to in the back with uh with
0: alcohol oh they deserved a, a bit of a like you know whatever the reception was good big surprise at the end although I thought like the crutch thing was a little bit clunky, but maybe that part of that will, will play into the story of whether or not, you know, Bowen's might have intentionally done 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 the attack. Um, I think I also, you know, it's also worth mentioning like Colton Gunn is still relatively very inexperienced here and his confidence in the ring, I think, still continues to really impress me.
1: The gun club and acclaimed are in the ring and Austin's all pissed, and it leads to Billy shoving down Austin and siding with Max and Anthony as Colton and Austin leave. So he has new kids.
0: Uh, I mean, evidently, I, I, I mean, I didn't take this to be a full-on breakup, but um, just, you know, seemingly teasing further dissent now that Anthony Bowens is available. Um, how did anything stand out to you? Um, not really. Other than this is, um,
1: you know, you know, for all the, for all the depth of this roster i mean this these these guys get a lot of time this i mean they're an overact Yeah. You know the like
0: caster they- is is very popular this you know the gun club i think have really taken big strides um it seems like they've been largely portrayed as baby faces even up until sunday you know basically destroying the la dojo in like a handicap match with uh, you know uh, daddy gun um sorry daddy ass um <laughs> destroying the la dojo Almost single handedly. And then here they were back to being heels.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, is this going to lead to more Billy Gunn wrestling?
0: Oh, only on pay per view, John. You know, that's, it's a special occasion. Guys, 58. Yeah. Looks, Uh, I mean, looks like something else. Incredible look at 58. Yeah.
1: We go to a segment with Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, and Sutnam Singh, and they are challenging Samoa Joe to sign the contract to meet Jay Lethal at Death Before Dishonor for the Television Championship. So, will he sign?
0: They mentioned the pay per view, so they could promote. This is Where the only are? mention of the pay per view on the show. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, half the show was a match, so I guess you know mm-hmm. not not that much to mention as yet. They they did bring up the fact that uh, Daniel
1: Garcia attacked Wheeler Yuta on dark and that y- you would think is a potential match that, that you brought up today for for the pay-per-view as well. Jade Cargill against Layla Gray for the TBS championship. Uh, just a destruction here by Jade. Um, Gray got in a little bit of offense uh, before Jade blocked the bulldog pump kick jaded in a minute 56 and she moves to 34 and 0. Afterwards, Jade gets on the mic telling Stokely to find her some real competition. And Stokely explains that last night, Jade put out an open challenge for anyone. And who took who sees the opportunity? Someone that doesn't even work here. Someone that doesn't even have a W2 sees the moment in Layla Gray. And Hathaway then addresses Chris Statlander and Athena saying you two aren't overlooked. You're just lazy. Brought up some valid points here. Open, open challenge. Where were they? And the two run out, and they attack Jade and Kiara Hogan, and they're setting up for Athena to hit the Eclipse. When all of a sudden, Layla Gray shoves Athena off the top, and we certainly got the uh, the indication that Layla Gray may be the next baddie.
0: Yeah, seems like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with Red Velvet out, they needed somebody. I think um, they're you know, I I personally would have been pretty excited to see uh, Sunny Kiss in a role like this. But I think if you're going to do matches. 3 on 3s and you know having somebody constantly maybe get involved and be set up person for Jade Cargill it makes more sense to actually have you know um somebody who wrestles in the women's division and um I didn't get to see much of Layla Grey here you know I know she's probably been very active on the other shows but I didn't get much of a sense here in this squash match um but you know as far as like the look I mean she absolutely fits in she from what I can tell like does some modeling and uh, I look forward to seeing you know, how they, how they interact and build her character. To the back we go, and the Young Bucks are there, and they're
1: all by their lonesome. They don't even have Brandon Cutler to tape this. They had to hire intern Fred to shoot this segment, and every, all their friends are gone. Kenny's out, Red Dragon's not cleared, and now Adam Cole isn't cleared, and they've just got their belts, and those are their friends. But the Forbidden Door is still open. And this Friday, they're going to take on Yoshihashi and Goto. Goto, yes, yes. yes. And if Goto and Yoshihashi can beat them on Friday, they'll get a future AEW tag title shot. So, you know, Goto is bound and determined. He's going to get some gold in this company. He's had multiple tries over the last few weeks. This is his
0: latest attempt. I mean, I I don't know why he's. I didn't realize he liked um, AEW so much. This is are, really are these guys just like? Are they just like hanging out in the US now? Just like waiting to do AEW shows? I'm, I, they're they're staying at least for you know uh, another few three more days to to get to this point. Yeah, who knows? I'd love to follow the two of them on their adventures. What are they doing in the US? How are they killing you know time on Monday and Tuesday before doing this?
1: Yeah, What I are they know. doing in Detroit? Yeah, the uh, the loose explosions of Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto hmm. on the road. So Rampage on Friday, which is being taped in Detroit, will have the Young Bucks against Goto and Yoshihashi, Nyla Rose against Tony Storm, and a Royal Rampage, AEW's favorite, a battle royal to determine the next contender.
0: Well, not just any battle royal. This is a double ring battle royal. Uh, yes, you're right. It will have uh,
1: 20 men, and they listed uh, – they they had the um, the, the images of everyone on, on the graphics. So, dude, I had to pause this. I'm, like, squinting to try and make out everyone. I, I tweeted out that Miro's in this. I mistook him for John Silver. So yeah. we've got Hangman Page, number one. Why is Hangman Page in this battle royal? And
0: why was he not on the last one? Th- that was my only um, gripe that I have of this one. Ooh, we don't know what the process is of signing up for a battle role. Could be a sign-up sheet and first come, first serve. That Could was not the explanation bra. last time. The last
1: one was, I'm not getting a title shot anytime soon.
0: Oh, okay. Um, well, I don't know.
1: Okay. Well, he's in this one. So I guess w- whatever that was, it, it it wasn't too severe. Because now he's going to have a ch- chance to get a title match. Yeah, he did. Be, um, well, he didn't win. He lost. He he's coming a off match, a loss right. on on Sunday. So that qualified him. Okay, John right. Silver. Orange Cassidy, Roosh, Frankie Kazarian, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, Keith Lee, Konosuke Takeshita, which is not the worst idea to have Takeshita win this, Swerve, Hmm. Darby Allen, Butcher and the Blade, Max Caster, Matt Hardy, Dante Martin, Brody King, Dustin Rhodes, Tony Nese, everyone's pick, and Penta. If I got all
0: those right, I hope so. I think so. I I honestly wasn't even following you uh, so much, but... Uh, you know, as far as like front runners here, who, who are you thinking? Um,
1: I mean, this is probably going to be a TV match, right? So, uh, like mm-hmm. hangman almost feels too big. So I yeah. don't know about Moxley and, uh, and, uh, I mean, th- you know, what th- could they hold this off that long for battle of the belts? That's like a month away. What is that?
0: A month That's away. The, I, it's, it's like early August. Possibly. Yeah, it's um, possible. But I mean, obviously orange Cassidy is somebody, you know, that I could see them putting a lot behind right now. Um,
1: This is technically Roosh's AEW debut. Okay. Yeah. Um, Um, I I would kind of, if it was, if this is just to build up something in like a week or two, mm -hmm. Moxley and Takeshita to me is not the worst idea. I think that would be a tremendous match. Takeshita lost. He had all that momentum after the hangman match. And I think like it's AEW. Like if you don't
0: capitalize on it quickly, it's gone. The match would be awesome, but I don't think he's a known enough name at all you know to to make any sort of major difference in a title match. Well who, who,
1: well who is in
0: this match? I mean I think Orange Cassidy is at least a bigger name, you know, um to to somebody um Penta is a bigger name, um Keith Lee is a bigger name. Um Swerve, you know. Darby feels like it's too big um that I think it's a match that you you probably want to hold off on, but I mean he's he's also possible as well. And uh Don't really see the others so much um, that are here.
1: Well, by the time people are listening to this, they can probably see what the answer is. So there you have it. That was uh, the lineup for Rampage. And then Jim Ross, we didn't even mention off the top the announcers for the first hour of the show, it was Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, and Taz. And then, like the pay per view, they brought out Jim Ross for like
0: the last hour of the show coming out to call Blood and Guts. So does this mean our new team on dynamite is um taz and excalibur i'm curious know, if this is going Tony. to be the
1: format where jim ross is brought out for the main event each week instead of being on for yeah. two
0: hours i you know i, I mean, i have i've i've been pretty vocal about criticisms of jim ross i've been vocal about my praise of jim ross too you know he brings um a lot of uh star power and re- rec um recognition for a casual fan just tuning into the show and and especially in the early days of Dynamite a, 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 a lot of familiarity um for new audiences that you know are not used to a lot of the wrestlers on the show but are used to the voice that they're hearing um but at this point I mean I, there there've been a lot of shortcomings you know in it, it's been clear that Taz has been over, out, outperforming him um on some of the other shows and maybe you know coming off of the, the great reception that I think Taz had off of forbidden door maybe this was always in the works uh, even after that but like he did a great job on forbidden door i'm personally happy to see them do this while retaining the specialness of jim ross in fact making jim ross's appearances feel more special that the way the way they used to um for certain matches on wrestlemania or big wwe pay-per-views where his voice just kind of adds like a bit of special luster you know attached to it and I think for Jim Ross too, he tends to do the best with wrestlers that he knows the best, and that's often people in the main event, you know, stories. I'd love to see Jim Ross though, if he's not going to call as much, I'd love to see him do more work in the backstage, like interviewing and things like that, where I think where he, that that's where he really shines. So I'm, I'm if this is a permanent setup, I, I'm I'd be very happy with it.
1: Yeah, I I think this show needs more of those kind of sit downs, but I I think they're very conscious of non-wrestling content on this show I think there's a concern mm-hmm. of when it, there isn't wrestling that people are gonna tune away and um you know and and they're gonna have their their data that you know s- supports or or counters that argument um but I, I think you know using Jim Ross for like the big match I I think he can still be very effective in that mm-hmm. role when it's the big title match and and you also make it special like when he comes out and this guy got a huge reaction when that music played and he came out um, Mm -hmm. And the same on Sunday. So we got a really nice video package for blood and guts featuring comments from Dean Malenko uh, from Ruby Soho speaking about the people that Eddie Kingston trusts that are in this match and also people he does not trust mentioned in Claudio and then other comments from Excalibur, Shivani and setting the scene for what
0: was mostly the entire second hour of the show uh, dedicated to blood and guts. You know, you're speaking of video packages in uh i mean a video like this you're not always going to get a big match like this to promote on dynamite but um when you do or even if you don't i i think this sort of video package really does help create that much more anticipation and you know uh audience retention i hope you know when it comes to um main events it it's it just like it it was um it it was great to hear like non-participants speak about it Inclu- and in particular ruby soho who played a big part in the match but this was just kind of their way of setting up her relationship with Eddie Kingston. Or at least, I like that know.
1: it set the run in like like for those that forget about like the Kingston Ruby connection. Like this yeah. this video package at least refreshed that for you and and it totally made sense instead of people um, questioning why
0: why is Ruby running out? And for a match like War Games, I mean, you know, having a, a name like a Tony Schiavone or Dee Malenko occasionally pop up just to kind of talk about their experience with it, I think adds a whole lot to the grandeur the entire presentation so the jericho appreciation
1: society continue the trend of big matches they come out in matching outfits this being red top hats and red mesh shirts
0: because of blood i guess yes i guess so although this would have been a great time to use white
1: yeah yeah they had talked about doing their, their backstreet boys outfit they could have just been all in white here i mean they would have been it would
0: have been red by the end
1: but. Ortiz had like this red and white paint all over his face and his bald head that just this was such a cool look for him. I yeah, thought. yeah. He's, he's going to make the bald head work for him. For sure. Regal joins commentary. He's just screaming. Jericho's going to get his comeuppance tonight. So the way this is structured is that two start with a four-minute period, and then every three minutes, a new entrant enters until all 12 are in the ring, and then it's submission or surrender when the blood and guts portion begins. And starting off the match, like the last blood and guts, was Sammy Guevara, who was in there with Claudio Castagnoli. And we start this match at nine
0: oh eight. PM Eastern. I love it. I love it. Like usually, Rampage or sorry, Dynamite has like so many matches that are announced uh, last minute, and this was pretty sparse. And much like, um, much like the Destination X that we reviewed, John. You know, when you have like you know fewer stories to focus on, it just tends to. I did not feel tired watching the show at all ever. Um, so I never feel I tired that. watching Dynamite. I sometimes feel <laughs> winded. Maybe exhausted is is more maybe the better term
1: yeah i'm i'm very curious to see how this second hour does and Mm -hmm. because at the same time we can look at the fact that you know if it's starting at 9 8 p.m and like there there will be some audience members who might believe that okay this is going
0: the full hour i i can come back for the final 15 minutes here it's true but i mean it's such a spectacle it's not Mm -hmm. like an iron man match where like you know it's just kind of you have a clock
1: that's literally telling you it's going to be the whole second hour
0: yeah yeah exactly and and blood and guts has different participants every time you're you're gonna miss a lot of big spots and a lot of blood if you're not watching the whole time. so and I, skewers. I you're like gonna, gonna miss something. skewers if you if you try that strategy. yes What's so special about hero bread, soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more
1: protein than the leading brands and are high in fire to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. I really like the way this started where Claudio and Guevara are on opposite sides of the two rings and they're just staring and it's like the calm before carnage. Mm-hmm. And then they just meet in the middle and they go at it. It was a, a great visual to
0: start the match. Uh, can, can Daniel. I, can, Gar- can I tell you what was so great about this segment was like Claudio launches into zero European in uppercuts and you have this commentary team that almost feels like it's selected specifically for Claudio Castagnoli where they're just breaking down the European uppercut and why it's so special when he does it. Regal says it was taught to him by his old tag team partner Dave Taylor. Taz goes on to like break, you know break down the why why his height makes that uppercut, you know, that much more makes the swivel that much more like, you know, effective, I don't know whatever, but it it just told me like this is a great team and this is like already, you know, surpassing any sort of like presentation that this guy had in his WWE run. So
1: Daniel Garcia is the third one in and the giant swing gets interrupted on Guevara when Garcia enters. And this dude's in his red do rag as he enters. And then they double team Claudio uh, throughout the break. Uh, Wheeler Yuta is in fourth and he continues with the rolling Germans, which are kind of becoming his spot here and following up on the success they had at the pay-per-view. And I kind of wonder if like this is something that Yuta has found that people have become kind of synonymous with him in just this week that Mm -hmm. I don't know if Dax needs to be doing them on the same show.
0: Well, who gets to keep it right like because dax is was doing it before yuda and somebody else was doing it before dax um so i don't know how much communication they should have in the back who gets to keep the sharpshooter on this show john you know like it's there's going to be a bit of overlap but well maybe um, that's
1: claudio and garcia will have that showdown
0: yeah, who keeps the sharpshooter. And yeah. um, and
1: it's not even, again, there are sometimes like th- th- these rules that we have imposed that, oh, my God, two
0: people can't have the same thing. Um, maybe they can. Yeah. Or maybe you just has to has to like find his own slight variation on the on the whole thing. So he hits those. Claudio.
1: Claudio must have delivered like 100 European uppercuts in in this match. Pop ups, running versions, everything. Regal brings up. It is Johnny Saints 81st birthday today. I'm sure he was watching Happy this birthday. He could he could have been one of the Blackpool Combat Club members on this show. Hager is in fifth and Claudio and Hager each toss one of the other guys into the opposite ring and they stare down one another and they go at it. The crowd is chanting we the people. And then in sixth is John Moxley. So he's in at the midway
0: point. Place goes how did you feel Did you were you timing these intervals like were they how legit I wasn't no no like I was not Some uh, of them definitely felt less than 4 minutes and some of them definitely felt longer than 4 minutes too, Well it's so. a- after the first one it was every 3 minutes Oh every 3 okay so yeah. Maybe maybe it wasn't then, but then yeah. some of them felt longer than three minutes. But maybe, I mean, you're I always going to
1: structure these around yeah. you know certain moments. They're going to play with the time. Um, Moxley is in, and he brings a chair. He's also got a fork, so he slices open Garcia with the fork. Then they hit a heart attack on Garcia, and Claudio does a military press on Guevara, sending him up in the air to come down into a cutter by
0: Moxley. That's another one. Somebody has to you know uh, figure out who gets the dibs on the cutter. I mean, everybody seems to have that. Claudio's
1: just wrecking shop as he's come in here.
0: Place is chanting
1: AEW. Angelo Parker is in seventh. And the Blackpool Combat Club all take turns attacking Parker. And Hager then nails Claudio with a chair shot to the ankle. Ortiz is in eighth. And this is where we see John Moxley uh, dump some glass onto the mat. And he pile drives Parker onto the glass. And Parker just bleeds buckets here i mean he at one point they hang him upside down from the truss um totally out of like the age of the fall angle in in roh like
0: just a grotesque visual he he looked like a rack of meat in a butcher shop it was crazy yeah he probably had the most blood on this in this match
1: was dominoes taking out any ad
0: inventory during this (laughs) during the picture in picture yeah i don't know yeah i don't know if we we're uh i mean there were no pizza cutters in the match you know like the nick cage, uh, nick cage I, match I hope was.
1: this match forever silences like the discussion of oh what's what's tnt or tbs comfortable with okay this. anything okay they me? could bring a gun into the
0: ring and blow a guy's head off and it'll be you know what it's entertainment i mean that said though are they limiting a certain level of um advertiser
1: Oh, I, I believe me, I don't disagree that like this kind of match is going to, when AEW first started and they did, the, I think it was after the first lights out match, but it was after some violent match. And Tony Khan was pretty adamant. You're not going to see this kind of stuff on television. And it, obviously there's been a giant philosophical shift when it comes to this violence on television. And, and yeah, that does become your issue is not so much, okay, this spikes a rating, but if, People don't want to be attached to this. I don't care what your number is. So you you have to always be balancing that. But like this has been a trend. This is not a one off. We have seen plenty of violence and they're obviously feeling like this is a
0: this is a successful strategy for what we're trying to do. No doubt. I mean, look at the reaction. Like, look at the, the reception and the interest in the show like this. You know, it's the benefits might away the disadvantages. Uh, so, Then Matt Menard comes in, and
1: he's got a chair. Santana is in 10th, and he brings a table and a barbed wire bat. The crowd is ballistic for this. They just want to see weapons and... Uh, somewhere in all of this is when Santana does the uranagi and he was pretty much removed from the match at this point because I never saw him again Moxley stabs Menard with a fork and then he brings out skewers and starts stabbing him in the forehead and Menard starts bleeding because he's got like catch up to Parker after the glass I don't think we've ever had skewers before in AEW have we I don't think so either
0: yeah um well there's
1: a first <laughs> you know breaking new ground Uh, 11th is Jericho, who's got the bat and starts attacking people, including Claudio. And Ortiz goes after Jericho. Garcia does a running uppercut to Claudio, who then does the pop-up uppercut onto Garcia. Those two will have a fantastic match, and it seems like they will go that direction at some point, probably soon. And then Jericho is standing tall as the countdown begins, and Eddie Kingston is the final entrant coming in at 12th. And the bell rings to start blood and guts as everyone
0: is entered. Just rewatched the um Santana yeah. injury and and yeah, that knee. So it looks like the knee, right? Because yeah. at
1: first I'm watching it, I'm I'm watching the arm as it kind of like posts as he's going mm-hmm. down, but it looked like it was the knee in in watching it.
0: Looks like the knee to to yeah. me. Yeah. So I mean that's not we'll, good. We'll find out soon. Yeah.
1: Eddie's got a kendo stick and the bell rings. Jericho is trying to escape and he's attacked with the kendo stick. Kingston has rubbing alcohol and Listen, I I was doing a million things here. It seemed like they had a lot of trouble with this rubbing alcohol because at some point, Ty Conti is trying to shove the bottle back into the cage, and it's Mm -hmm. all just squirting out. And I don't think this even led
0: anywhere with the rubbing alcohol. Am I wrong? Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. So, yeah, it makes me wonder if they had a bigger spot. Of course, like, Kingston's whole thing has been him wanting to burn Chris Jericho, and I don't know if that was – I thought for
1: sure we were getting fire in this match because of the whole fireball stuff and and – I don't know if it fell out of the cage because the the hole in the fence was too small to get the thing of rubbing alcohol. So as she's shoving it in, it squirts all out of
0: the bottle. Something happened that probably got messed up. You know, maybe at one point, like, it fell through the cage, like, into, into the floor. And then at at some point, it just maybe – yeah, the, the fact it was
1: introduced and there was no fire or anything like that, I, I'm sure that that probably was a it was it was a mess up of some
0: Kevin sort. Kevin is saying they squirted the rubbing alcohol and picture in picture into open wounds. Okay, so maybe maybe they did did use it.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't know if that was the the sheer purpose i mean isn't Jared that helping picture the picture. wound
0: you know you're cleansing the wound that's yeah kind of, that's uh, <laughs>
1: that's to me not exactly No, maybe maybe it was you know um yeah but eddie did that as soon cool. as he got in he was like squirting it at jericho and stuff it's like i i would imagine and and conti was physically trying to get it back to jericho like he needed it and then right. emptied the bottle so we're gonna get the
0: podcast uh from chris jericho
1: explaining everything I'm yes sure. we'll get the whole breakdown so uh, Hager gets powerbombed through a table, and then Yuta and Moxley bring thumbtacks in. Claudio tears off the ring canvas, exposing the wood underneath. Menard takes a suplex from Moxley onto the tacks. And then this is when Ange is uh, hung upside down on the metal truss as he's bleeding. Just uh, what a what a photogenic moment. Jericho uses a fire extinguisher on Kingston, and this is when Ty attacks the referee, grabs the key to open the door, and Ruby Riot runs down to attack Conti. And um the place is going wild for this. Conti mm-hmm. is taken out by Ruby, and this allows Jericho to get out of the door and, for whatever reason, climb on top of the cage. Because only good things happen when you leave to go to the top of the cage.
0: W- was there some sort of escape he was trying for? Like, was he trying to flee somebody, maybe?
1: I mean, the door was opened by Ty and he just exited and then climbed. I guess that was the idea. Yeah, he was fleeing. But I I would flee to the back. I wouldn't flee to a place where I have no (laughs) escape from the top other than down. So he gets on top and Kingston follows him. And listen, for this, these last 10 minutes... I don't know how many people are like flipping through channels in this day and age, but if you are and you saw this, you're stopping on this. It's like mm-hmm. the long shot of everyone on top of the cage. Kingston and Jericho are going at it. Guevara climbs up and Kingston tosses Guevara off the cage through the landing area on the floor through like the setup that they had. Uh, so that was your, your big crazy spot, uh, off the top of the cage. Kingston and Jericho are alone. We go through picture and picture with these two for, I just hope that all of the other guys knew that the cameras were on Kingston and Jericho pretty much the whole last 10 minutes. And I just hope they weren't doing anything because none of it was showing. So these other guys, I don't know what was going on, because it was forever that they were on top
0: of this cage. Well, they probably weren't just, you know, lying down and talking to each other. I mean, well, I hope no one was like getting dumped on thumbtacks is what I'm saying.
1: Or well, doing anything that they thought that they were on camera because they
0: weren't. It was a long period that it's just focused on Jericho and Kingston. I, I have to mention in their mind, there's still 13,000 people here that they weren't just going to, you know. But no, one, everyone's looking at Jericho and
1: Kingston. If you're in this arena yeah. and, you're, and you're watching those two on the top, you're not paying attention to whatever's going on in the ring. Hmm. So uh, so, uh, Claudio. I've been pretty good this week. I haven't had any Cesaro slip-ups. Uh, Claudio climbs up. Menard follows him. I thought Menard is, like, climbing to his his demise. There's a giant swing to Jericho on top of the cage, which was close enough to the edge that, man, if you ever got dizzy delivering this, this swing in your Claudio,
0: my yeah. God, my goodness. I, uh, yeah, it's really scary. I mean, he's, you know, it was like, it was about like the same distance from like, you know, the, the ropes and he's never like, it's, it, it, I would say it's almost like impossible, but still like, what a visual, you know, what a scary visual. I mean, um and that's what really this match is so much about. Right. I mean, and I, I why I think it's so great for television, the fact that you have two cages, how many people like whoever is flipping through the channel sees that this is a very unique thing. And especially that's especially the case when they're all up there. So
1: as Claudio finishes the giant swing. Uh, Menard prevents him from applying the sharpshooter. So Eddie applies the stretch plum on Jericho while behind him, Claudio applies the sharpshooter on Matt Menard and Menard taps before Jericho can submit. And Kingston turns around and realizes he didn't win it for his team. Fucking Claudio did. And yeah. Claudio is just acting like who cares? We won. And Kingston is so heartbroken that he did not win it. For the team and then the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club and Ortiz uh, climb to the top of the cage no Santana and Claudio's theme plays as the show
0: ends and they are victorious great match I had a lot of fun watching this entire thing Um it's hard for me to compare it maybe to last year's as well but like just maybe comparing to my overall enjoyment of war games matches like i thought this was definitely up there these tend to have uh, maybe under tony khan's supervision you know a much more old school vibe to them where i mean so much of the focus is just the blood and the violence and great baby face comebacks you know uh, with, with the um with with the the various entrants here um it certainly delivered on the violence maybe blood and guts even more so you know than prior war games matches like focusing on the blood aspect a little bit more and it certainly delivered on that and you got your thumbtacks you got your your glass you got your big spot on the top of the cage um i thought it was very satisfying in that sense Uh, the finish i i understand what they're going for i i felt like maybe it was a little too like too storytelling for match that i think was so focused on like spectacle and um maybe a lot of people don't have much of an issue with it i think for me at least partly it's the fact that because of this forbidden door build i don't know if you necessarily establish eddie kingston's desire to want to win this match by beating chris jericho that well yet you know um like i i didn't think it was any like to me it makes no difference that you know um Whether he gets a submission or somebody else gets a submission, as long as he's still inflicting the same level of violence on Chris Jericho. So, if there was something in particular about him wanting this particular glory, that point was kind of lost on me, and therefore the ending didn't feel maybe as impactful. The other thing is, I feel like a lot has been made about this Eddie, like Eddie Kingston, Claudio Castagnoli rivalry that that's supposed to have existed, and seeing the outcome of this match, this felt like more like the genesis of that. Dislike rather than, you know, whatever's supposed to be a continuation from the indies, for instance, because Claudio is just like dapping Kingston afterwards, like they're best friends. Kingston's dapping him, like even though he's disappointed, but he's like, ah, oh, you got me this time. But it was not this intense hatred that I, I feel like I I was kind of led to believe in and that's fine. Like you want to see the stories play out on TV, but it just, it felt like this was more the opening chapter. And I don't know if maybe the audience we got ahead of ourselves with like expecting too much to begin with, with with their, their hatred of each other.
1: Yeah. I, it's not like they haven't explained it somewhat, but I think you really had to be paying attention for that spot at the end of the pay-per-view where Kingston like storms off from, from Claudio And I mean, it it was brought up in commentary, like subtly referred to, like they have past issues. But this is one example where I think at minimum, if you had had an extra week to kind of explain, here's the new guy. And now he's on the team with Eddie Kingston all of a sudden. And Mm -hmm. how are these guys going to get along? I don't know if that was really fleshed out that it could warrant the closing spot. Like Mm -hmm. it was the finish of the match was relying on this um, dissension between the two that feels very much one-sided on the Kingston side. And I just don't know how many people necessarily uh, picked up on that or had enough time to digest that. Here are these two that can't get along because throughout most of the match, like there, there was none of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I I do kind of chalk up the quick turnaround between having to promote a pay-per-view that has very little to do with that story to this as maybe part of the reason for it. Um, and I don't doubt like all it really requires would be some sort of promo from Eddie Kingston to, you know, really just kind of get the story going and to really hammer things home. But the, the ending for me felt a little bit flat for that reason. But I mean, I, I saw a lot of positive reception to it from a lot of people, including people in the chat room who absolutely loved it. So maybe that was just me.
1: Yeah, I, I think for this style of match, it was a total spectacle. Um, there were there were maybe some some issues in, in the midst of it. Um it's not my favorite type of match, but for what it is, I mean, it was like like this crowd went nuts for it, and I I think it was pretty positively received in terms of, uh, you know, a compelling hour of television where it was it delivered on the violence
0: and it wasn't always smooth at times, and we you don't Jude. want smoothness in this. We saw Sammy Guevara get thrown off the top of the cage. Like by the end of this, I almost like forget that that happened, right? Glass skewers guy hung strung upside down. I mean,
1: it was, yeah, yeah, they, they had everything and yeah, the the number will be very interesting for this one. Like it, it did very well last year and it makes to me a big difference. They had fans at daily's place for last year's match, but nothing Mm -hmm. like this,
0: not 13,000 people, you know, and that makes makes a big difference to me.
1: Like, um, Having yeah. them like they were on the edge of their seats for
0: pretty much the whole show, to be quite honest. Like this was a in anticipation for this, I would say, you know, if it was any dynamite, I mean, I'm sure they would have been loud. But because they knew that they had this incredible pay-per-view level match to look forward to, maybe that played into, you know, how great they were. But I, I
1: haven't seen I haven't seen Rampage results yet, but I wonder which match had to follow this. I wonder if you <laughs> like put the bucks out after this to follow it
0: or uh, probably the the Rumble, don't you think?
1: I, I don't know if I'd follow this with a rumble. Don't you I think don't know. the
0: rumble would start the start r- rampage? Well, um, at, at the sake of getting
1: a million tweets tomorrow, uh, let, let's just say that it's uh, who who knows, who knows, because people can just look up the answer. Um, but there you go. That was uh, that was dynamite. A pretty big episode of the show from Detroit.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I love shows. I love albums that are like shorter like you keep it to 10 tracks but if they're all great tracks i tend to come out of the the album thinking that it's a great album versus something that's like a double album with a bunch of filler and like 10 10 of the same great songs and this kind of felt like that too you know where like in the two hours how many how much of the two hours was i compelled and and was i just completely entertained and for this show it was pretty high um the, the the first hour i mean i I think the crowd really carried a lot of that stuff along, but but no, I'm not thinking about anything from the first hour. I'm thinking about that entire incredible match at at the end. So thumbs up. All right. Um, Where do you want to go next? We should go to, uh, we have one piece of, uh, we have one super chat here from fact channel who sends a $2 super chat. Thank you for the support fact channel. He says five star blood and guts. So, Uh, we'll see. What did you guys rate it? Well, let us know in the comments. Okay. Um, let's go to feedback, John, to the forum. Noah from Vaughn. Guys, that was freaking insane. And that ending was just
1: perfect as it sets up Eddie to go after Claudio for stealing his moment. Huge props to all involved in making both anarchy in the arena and now blood and guts into spectacles that will be remembered for years to come. Do you have a, uh, do you have a preference of anarchy in the arena to this? Because they came in such close proximity Hmm. to one another. I kind of they, lean towards anarchy in the
0: arena. they've both proven to be like really special on their own and and it's a testament to all the people that have helped make those matches what they are, especially this year's um iteration um I mean I have some recency bias here, but man, there's really nothing like I think seeing the double cage and you know the the structure of like the time the 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 intervals and and all that and i I love war games, so I might be more partial to to this right now. Let's go up next to Tenise from Georgia, who says Dynamite had a, excuse me, slower pace this week. And for a good reason, Orange Cassidy's new theme has to grow on me, but it's a good opener. Jade has all the tools to be a star. Whatever she drops the belt, send her to stardom and let Fuka do some fine tuning. Christian was great as he was last week. It was a little silly, but effective. TK must have been listening to Kane's theme planning Luchasaurus' heel turn. I know FTR is hot, but it would have been cool having Motor City Machine Guns being Danhausen's partners. I know wishful thinking. That would have been I, cool, I, I'll, I'll just say but, I, I think you know. we're almost trained to believe that, but I
1: kind of like when they use people that that you've got at, at, at this point rather than yeah. doing the, the outsiders. I know it gets the pop and it would have been a big reaction, but I just think, man, you, you have so much you use the people. I I was actually happy that they used FTR because I thought the same thing when he was teasing it. Like, are they just going to have a surprise here to to show up? But you've got so many
0: great TV time is so coveted right now for every single person that is on this roster. And uh, especially in the case of somebody like FTR, if they weren't going to be a part of this, they weren't going to be a part of the show. And they were arguably, you know, um, one of the bigger stories coming out of forbidden door, winning both championships. So, I think they needed some presence. And yeah, like on, on a show with such limited time, it was probably the better move. Uh, okay, we go to, uh, he says, uh, Blood and Guts was messy, but in the best possible way. I loved everything about this. With all the plunder, the scariest thing for me was a giant swing on top of the cage. Do rag king Daniel Garcia is a real one. Santana looks like he messed his knee up. I hope it's not severe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully he's okay. Anthony from
1: Detroit. I work at Little Caesars Arena and I was at the show tonight. I've been here for Raw, SmackDown, live events and UFC and I've never seen a crowd like this. One hundred to two hundred deep in line to get in thirty minutes before the doors open. Not many kids. We even had a bachelorette party. The fans—what a place to go for a bachelorette party for blood and guts! The fans enjoyed the show, reminding me of an ECW crowd. I don't watch wrestling anymore, and I follow the product through you guys. Great, great choice, Anthony. I get bored at WWE events, and I wasn't bored tonight. Tony Conte is bringing a pay per view and to Detroit. Can't wait to hear your review of the show tomorrow. Uh, well, thank you very much for the feedback, uh, Anthony. I would totally con- like after this show and what you drew in Detroit. This is what you drew in a mid mid mm-hmm. um, Yeah, like you could certainly like Detroit. I'm sure will be um, a regular stop
0: for them after after this. Sure would be, and um, you know would would that play any role in maybe the timing of a potential Canada show with it being so close to the border? You know, I wonder. Um, But yeah, Yeah. I I would love to see that. We go to Brian from New Jersey who says, Hot show to follow a pay-per-view in front of what looked and sounded like a hot crowd. While anarchy in the arena had more excitement to me, I still got a lot of entertainment out of the semi-controlled chaos of blood and guts. As silly as the mattress as a timekeeper... As the a timekeeper's table looked, Sammy's dive came off better than Jericho's in last year's match. Absolutely, yes. Bummed about Santana's fluke injury. Didn't anticipate hearing Orange Cassidy come out to Jane again. I really like the finish to this match with Ethan, Ethan Page. I also like Luchasaurus' Evolution alongside Christian Cage. Heels find a way.
1: All right, next is uh, Robbie from London, Ontario. Awesome show tonight! Incredible crowd, exciting show. Loved it top to bottom. New Luchasaurus along with Christian Orange Cassidy's new theme with a fun match, blood and guts, and best of all, Yoshihashi on Rampage. I'm excited for that match. Ten out of ten, he gives this show. Yoshihashi on uh, Yoshihashi. At, at the Little Caesars Arena.
0: Wow. Muggin says trying to top last year's uh, blood and guts and anarchy in the arena just a month ago was hard enough, but these insane bastards were more than up to the task and they blood buckets while they were at it. The finish is far better than last year's as it sets up Eddie Kingston having a new axe to grind because a man he deeply resents in Claudio Castagnoli showed him up again. A match of the year worthy match. Yeah, I would, I would certainly love like some, you know, follow-up um discussion about that resentment. Um, Today felt like a good time to to introduce it, and again, maybe like as an audience members, in some ways, maybe I get I, I felt like they already hated each other so much that they couldn't stand each other, but it seems like um we're maybe just at level one of like the hatred right now.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like at the end, it was more like a ah oh, you got me and mm-hmm. not a I want to kill you kind of vibe. Yeah. Um that that they had, but. That's going to be in the follow-up, obviously, and you, you have to wonder if this was, remember, it was going to be Brian Danielson in this role that kind of had the same dynamic with Eddie Kingston about him being uh, judgmental towards Kingston, and it probably would have been laid out very similar like this. Mm-hmm. Last word goes to Jay from Colorado in the middle of the show right now, and just wanted to chime in and talk about how incredible this crowd was. Also, Orange Cassidy's new theme is perfect. Any idea why they changed it? Probably just to change it up. I, I don't know. I don't know if it was some issue with like um licensing the, the Pixie song, but I didn't I didn't mind the switch at all.
0: I, I'm not I'm not certain either. But um yeah.
1: All right. Thanks everybody for the feedback tonight and checking out the show. Uh, Thursday it's going to be myself with Eric Marcotte on the post daily news show we're going to get Eric's thoughts on blood and guts if you watched it and then we will transition over to UFC 276 as we get set for two title fights on Saturday at the T-Mobile Arena the other half of the Las Vegas doubleheader coming up uh, that we will have coverage of both shows this weekend we will have myself and way Saturday night after money in the bank and then Sunday Eric and Phil chair talk will have a UFC 276 post show so all of that can be found at post com and subscribe to post wrestling on your podcast app. Give us, give us those five stars folks, throw them at us. Don't throw them at these, these
0: matches seven. If you can come on, I think we deserve it. Break the system.
1: Yes. Um, all right. And Thursday night you will get waiting with MCU later with Karen Peterson
0: joining the crew and WH that is do think, correct.
1: Do you think WH watched blood and guts?
0: Uh, I'd be very curious. Actually. I'm guessing not. It's not uh, really his cup of tea. You could just see the, the skewers come out and WH is, uh, yeah, then he's flipping the channel.
1: He's a softie. I don't think he likes blood. So much. probably. Okay. That's it for us, everyone. Thanks for watching Rewind to Dynamite.